Andreas. Andreas. This episode is in honor of my friend Daphne Lopez. She died in December of 2020 on her 43rd birthday after a year battling cancer. I'd been wanting to do a podcast about her and set out to write it at the beginning of this year. But it turned out to be extremely difficult. How do you write about somebody whose presence you can feel every day in your heart, yet whose absence overwhelms you with sadness. Daphne was a profoundly important person for me, both as a friend and an artist. She was always there. I could always call her and she would say, Hello, my friend. Seeing her always made me happy. I miss her warm voice, her gorgeous smile, her beautiful expressive eyes, her open laughter. I miss her immensely. I just kept returning to the same sentence. I miss my friend Daphne. It was late September 2019. My husband Mario and I had just returned from a busy summer, first teaching workshops in Berlin, then doing a promotional tour of his new novel in Mexico. We met Daphne on a bright sunny afternoon in downtown Manhattan at a small quaint cafe called La Parisienne near City Hall. We needed to wait to get a table, but it didn't matter. Daphne had told us the sandwiches were delicious and it was very joyful to see each other. Right away we started sharing about everything that had happened in the past three months. Finally we were seated and ordered food. It was obvious Daphne was having difficulty swallowing. She mentioned it had been going on several days and was getting worse. She was concerned and wanted to see a doctor. Little did we know it would be our last meeting before she got really sick. A couple of weeks after our meeting at La Parisienne, we accompanied Daphne to an appointment at one of the best oncology clinics in New York. A specialist informed her about her choices, facing a very rare, fast-growing and highly aggressive tumor in her throat. The news was devastating. She decided to start chemotherapy right away. After a second meeting, we went with her to a friend's house in Brooklyn, where she was staying. She took a shower, came back downstairs wearing a bathrobe and thick warm socks. 
she relaxed in the couch and calmly said, I am ready. She was ready to fight the cancer. Exterior, Brooklyn Sunrise. Birds convene, chirping and singing as the dark sky begins to fade into the light of a new day. A cat struts across the street before disappearing underneath a car. Moments pass before a sliver of the sun's entrance casts a soft, pale hue of gold, orange, and blue. Mother Nature reminding the big city who rules the land. A single strike of a bell rings in repetition. Daphne was one of my first friends in New York. Her family came from the Philippines and she grew up in the Bay Area. Mario had met her while visiting his old acting class in San Francisco. She had just moved here when I arrived, so we discovered the city at the same time. We liked each other immediately. One afternoon I met her at a street fair on 8th Avenue. I remember we were strolling down Chelsea, surrounded by the wonderful smells of spices from the food stands. I was feeling stressed, wondering how I would be able to keep coming to New York and stay together with Mario. Same-sex marriage was not yet recognized in the US. I had a lawyer, but he was 50-50 about my chances of getting an artist visa. Daphne listened to all my worries and thoughts, smiled at me and said I shouldn't worry too much. If the visa did not work out, she would marry me. And that was that. Daphne joined the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater Playwrights Unit, where she, Mario and I were members. She became a wonderful writer. Later, Mario and I created our own playwriting lab, and she also joined it. Interior. Eve's apartment. Early morning. The bell continues to ring every three seconds until a hand reaches out from underneath the covers, finding its way to the off button of the alarm clock sitting on the nightstand. The ringing stops. The clock reads 6.30 a.m. Eve Mendoza, Filipino-American, 30s, reaches for the water next to her bed and drinks the entire glass. In her screenplay Searching for Eve, the main character, a young Filipina-American woman like herself, tries to find meaning in her life. Her family upholds traditional female roles and can't understand her urge to be independent. This creates a conflict within her, and because of it, her attempts to find a romantic relationship end with her meeting the wrong guys. But through her journey of self-discovery, she becomes stronger and more deeply attuned to her soul. Interior, Eve's apartment, early morning. Eve, still waking up, starts her morning routine, heats the kettle, prepares coffee, cuts an apple, lights a candle, and sits in a reading chair. She takes a couple sips of her coffee, then closes her eyes. The quiet of the morning washes over her. Interior, Eve's apartment, early morning. Eve walks into the bathroom, turns on the shower, then sits on the toilet as she drinks her coffee. With her eyes closed, she begins to move her lips. No audible sound or words, just movement. She sits, mouth moving, 
and bathroom steaming. Interior. Eve's apartment, bathtub, early morning. Eve stands under the water, letting its pressure massage her back and neck. I am open. I am aligned with my purpose. I am receptive to the guiding system of the universe, effortlessly attracting love, abundance, and a joyful life to me right now. I am open. I am she repeats this over and purpose. over again, each time saying it louder. To the she turns around to wash her face, but flinches at the sudden change in love, temperature, retreating to the back of the tub to, to avoid the scalding hot water. Oh, ow! Oh, come on! Figuring out how to adjust the knob from the back of the tub, Eve recoils her arm and body with each attempt. There is only one way. Move into the hot water fully and risk momentary burn. She goes for it. Daphne's scene where Eve is taking a shower captures her spirit for me. The water is getting really hot and she has the choice to get out, walk to the other end of the tub and turn the heat down or step into the hot water and reach for the knob to adjust the temperature. She goes for the latter. In the same way, Daphne would not step back or around. She would delve into her experiences despite the fact that it might hurt. Often, after one of our lab sessions, the three of us would head out to eat something or just walk and chat. Daphne loved eating good, authentic food. Whenever you wanted to eat something special – Chinese, Thai, Vietnamese, American, pizza, steaks, burgers, ice cream – you name it – she would always know where to go. She would find the little spots full of deliciousness. Sometimes Daphne would visit us on weekends. She loved Mario's Mexican dishes and my pasta recipes. She would come and we would talk and talk and enjoy the food and talk some more. She was a very slow eater so I would have to warm up her food several times during dinner. Many of our talks were about being an artist being spiritual and navigating the treacherous waters of relationships. In these moments, time seemed to slow down. There was a sense of belonging, of being old comrades assessing the situation of the world, of being connected. Interior. Bedroom. Mendoza family home. Afternoon. Eve sorts through her clothes and toiletries, Organizing and packing her luggage. Loud music plays on a portable Bluetooth speaker. A knock on the door. The loud music drowns it out. Eve continues packing. The knock turns into a pounding. Eve looks up and hears it again. She turns down the music. Yeah, open the door. Eve walks over and opens the door. Oh, you're packing. She goes back to organizing and folding her clothes. 
Why are you always locking the door? Why do you think, Mom? What? Privacy. For privacy. Privacy? It's just me. You come home once a year and you need privacy from me? So if I didn't lock the door, you would knock first? No. There you go. Why should I? It's my house. Right. I never lock my door. You always come in. But you don't care. Care about what? I have nothing to hide from you. Yeah, I know. So, when are you coming back? I don't know. Why don't you come back for your Tito's birthday? It's just after Thanksgiving, so you can spend Thanksgiving here too. Come on, a knock. I can't plan that far. What's there to plan? I just told you when it is. You just say, okay, I'll be there, Mom. Eve picks up the pace with her packing and cleaning as Joy's unusual charm wears on her. I'll think about it. Okay? Joy watching Eve's every move, finding the perfect moment to confront her. Why did you say that downstairs about hating your life and killing people? I didn't mean to say it. It just came out. So why did you say it? I told you, it just came out. What do you mean it just came out? <sighs> I am tired of you always telling me what I should be doing with my life. Anak, I'm just trying to help you. I know, but I'm not going to be a nurse. Look, I, I'll figure it out, okay? When? You keep saying that. What? Are you embarrassed? You can't tell people how proud you are because I'm not a doctor? Well, I don't want you to waste your life. I'm not a child. What I do with my life is not your business. You're my only child. What? I'm not supposed to care? I came here by myself so that you can have a better life, better opportunities than I had. Do you not understand what that takes? Huh? To leave your entire family behind? Everything you oh, know? jeez. Spare me the martyr story. Why are you so disrespectful? Why are you so fucking annoying? Don't talk to me like that! What happened to you, huh? Well, you made me like this! You made me like this! You're so pushy and controlling, breathing down my back and nagging me all the time. I can't take it! God! Joy's eyes wide open, welling up with emotion in hearing this paralyzing statement. The visceral reaction consumes her entire body, trapping words from coming out. She leaves the room, slamming the door behind her with great force. Eve sits down on the bed, looking out the window. The weight of her defiance collapses. Her body weakens. She gives in. In August of 2020, after several cycles of chemo and radiation, Daphne found out her tumor was nearly undetectable. That day, she was euphoric. She wanted to go to the beach with us and enjoy the dusk, but then felt tired and decided to stay home. She was planning to return to Daly City with her mom and continue the next phase of her treatment in the Bay Area. In October, she had one last course of radiation in New York. She had just finished it in preparation for her move to California. All of a sudden, completely unexpectedly, she had a crisis and had to be hospitalized. The cancer had spread. In the next month and a half, 
she fell into a coma twice. These were Daphne's words from her last Instagram post on October 15, 2020. Being present to pain and joy, trauma and potential, crisis and purpose, darkness and light, life and death. To take it all in and bow in grace has been the greatest gift and privilege of my life. To tune into what's underneath the surface, what's beyond the five senses, and connect to the depths of the heart during this intensely heightened and profoundly powerful time has fortified me in ways that's difficult to comprehend, given the conditions, the environment, and current state we're all living in. I haven't shared a funny, lighthearted post in a while. But, um, trust me, I'm laughing any chance I get. Besides writing, Daphne loved acting and was excellent at it. Once, while doing an acting exercise, she said to me, just keep doing what you're doing everything will be all right. I remember her words whenever I have doubts about the direction in which my life is going. I can see her smiling and hear her voice clearly saying, Hello, my friend, I am here. For me, Daphne was a truly global citizen. She was political, critical, fierce. At the same time, soft, gentle, and generous. She could be furious about the New York subway system, the cold weather, or the ignorance of some people in the streets, and moments later, totally intrigued by something she saw or witnessed. I miss her free spirit, her impeccable sense of beauty, her insatiable curiosity. Before she died, Mario wrote a lullaby for her. A friend who visited her at the hospital played it for her. She listened to it many times. You're my sweet and beautiful Guiding light and precious love Gently down the river path Through the mist we travel far Dancing, singing, full of joy We share stories safe at home Journeys from the mystery In the center of the peace Thank you, bless you Take my hand Endless ocean 
I miss my friend Daphne. A very special thank you to Daphne's friends and actors, Amy Colgado, who read the role of Eve and Daphne's last Instagram entry, Lydia Gaston, who read the role of Joy, and Josh Domingo, who narrated the scenes. The music credits for this episode go to Matt Yefan, Le SFM, and Enrique27 Naveda, generously published on Pixar Bay.